Hello, thank you for um, being here today. It is wonderful to be able to share a couple of thoughts with you. So um, we're going to chat a little bit today about Proverbs 31 and the passages in there from verses 10 to 31. Um, but before we do, I'm going to continue where Donna left off and open in prayer. Um, if you'll join me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for mothers. Thank you so much for grandmothers and also the mother figures in our lives. Thank you for who they are and for how they love and how they serve us and the reflection of you that they are in our lives. Lord, may you bless them and lavish your love on them and let them know how, how, how beautiful they are, Lord. And Lord, I also lift up to you the mothers-to-be, the mothers who have lost children, the women who long to be mothers, those who have lost their mothers or those who have a broken relationship with their mother. Lord, please bring comfort to the hurting, especially today, Lord. We acknowledge that today can be a tricky day for some. We pray that you would bring comfort, God, that you will be a mother to those who aren't feeling loved or don't feel like they have a good relationship with motherhood. I pray that you would give them compassion, that you would lavish your protection and your, your love and your comfort on them. And Lord, please be present with us today, Lord, as we open your word and reflect on Proverbs 31. Please speak through my every word. May they be your words and not mine. And open our hearts to receive your word and your, your encouragement for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, if you haven't heard much about uh, Proverbs 31, it is a passage that talks about a picture of motherhood. The author tells us of a woman who fears the Lord and how that it's hard to find, that she is more precious than rubies and diamonds. <laughs> Every time I've been practicing this, my daughter's like, Ruby, Ruby, because she's got a friend, Ruby. I'm like, no, it's a stone. <laughs> it's a precious stone. Um, this woman, she is trusted and she brings good to those who love her. She looks after her health. She is skillful in her hands and creates beautiful things. She looks after those she is responsible for and she makes sure that they have all that they need. She runs a business, buying and selling merchandise, things that she has made and property. Her days are long and she is generous with her time and with her money. She takes care of her household and of the poor and she speaks wisely and is honoured by all those who know her. She is a wife, a mother, an employer and a friend. And I want to read, I want to direct our attention to the screens now because I've got actually a little video to share with you. We've asked three women in our church community um, to share briefly some thoughts with us around what it looks like to follow Jesus through the different seasons of life. Let's have a look now. Beautiful words. Um, thank you, Irene and Vanessa and Joyce for sharing your heart behind, I guess, the different seasons of life and, and what Proverbs can have for us in there. Um, I don't know about you guys, but ever since I was a teenager, I've always heard this phrase of be a Proverbs 31 woman thrown around, and I was like, oh, <clears throat> sounds very scary. So some, so some people, like for me, it's a bit of a daunting passage. For other people, it's a bit of an encouragement. And for others, you probably haven't thought much about that verse at all. Um, but I wanted for us to read it now and to let it sink into us and soak in. So if you've got um, a Bible, feel free to open that. If you've got your app or anything, open that, or I'll pop it on the screens as well for you. So, from Proverbs 31, starting from verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing food from afar. While she gets up, she gets up while it is still night and provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable. 
Her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed and is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom. A faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that she does and all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So this Proverbs 31 woman, she is virtuous, she's strong, she's selfless, she doesn't wait to be served, but she rises early even before sunrise to delegate tasks, look after her family and engage in business. Then she goes to bed late, and when she sleeps, I'm not certain. Um, she is loved by all, she's generous, she's wise, she's handy, she's faithful, she's praiseworthy, she's vigorous, she's strong and she's noble. And then there's me. Did you know that you're meant to clean your dishwasher every 30 washes? For our household, that's about every two months. And a Proverbs 31 woman, she would be so on top of that. <clears throat> I learned for the first time a couple weeks ago that this even needed doing. And so, inside my dishwasher, there was actually no filter to be seen, except for six years, six years, <clears throat> of sludge and of grime and of build-up. And I had wondered what that smell was. It took absolutely... I blurred the photo because it was just that feral. I sent it to a friend and she sent back the vomit face emoji and it wasn't good. And so we even got out the pressure washer, it was that bad. Anyway... <clears throat> It took everything within me in that moment not to see myself as a failure, that I'm just not really a good enough mum or housewife or homemaker, that this is just the tip of the iceberg. Along with that dishwasher mishap at the same time, there was three weeks of laundry piled around at the house yet to find its home, or still is weeds in our garden sprouting in places that I didn't even know possible, um, or the short temper my family faced for me on the regular. And that's just scratching the surface. What about the times I'm on my phone instead of playing with my toddler? All the times I skip praying with her when she goes to bed because I just want to have a few more moments to myself. Or when I haven't spent dedicated time with God in weeks. What then? What part of me reflects this strikingly unattainable Proverbs 31 woman? And what about those who aren't mothers? Or the guys here? Is this passage really for us? And what does it have for us? Well, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. So let's get a bit of background first. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's important to remember that, and it's important to remember what it is not. Proverbs is not like the law books. It's not like the Gospels or the letters in the New Testament. It's not a book of promises or commands. It's wisdom handed down through the generations that we can learn from. They are general rules for how life tends to go, not hard and fast rules for this is exactly how everything works. And I, I feel like it's just so important to remember that. It's how things, yeah, could, could go and not what we must do in every single situation. So for example, we wouldn't take Proverbs 31.7, which comes just before this passage, that says, let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. We wouldn't take that as a law. Nor would we take, it's better to eat veggies in a house filled with love than to eat steak served by someone who hates your guts. We wouldn't take that as a decree from God. 
Instead, we can learn from these things. We can learn from the principles that they give us. And I think this includes Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 in particular is a passage of sayings that are taught by a king named King Lemuel. Apparently it's stuff that his mother taught him. And we don't really know exactly who King Lemuel is. He could be some non-Israelite king or he could be like some secret code name for King Solomon. But regardless, I think that it's put in the Bible for a reason. Proverbs 31, 10 to 31, which is a passage we're looking at today, was actually written as an acrostic poem. That means that in the original Hebrew, each different section started with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. What we can kind of work out from this is that it was probably designed to be remembered, to be passed down, to be like, oh, remember this little thing from here, here, here? I remember that easily because it was an acrostic poem. Um, those kind of vibes. And so what I want to share is that instead of maybe Proverbs 31 being a command or something that puts a lot of pressure on, I don't know, particularly me, of what every woman should be, it's actually a collection of sayings, of good things that a woman, and every human, to be honest, can look to for inspiration. It describes a model woman, not the command of a woman. A woman who lives with the, women, with the wisdom that the whole book of Proverbs has just spoken about. It stands as an example, as someone who takes God's words and wisdom and translates it into everyday actions and, and living in her family, in her home, in her workplace, and in her community. So, when I first read that passage out, or when you've read it before in the past, what comes up for you? For me, as a toddler of a mum, as a mum of a toddler of a mum, as a mum of a toddler, and as someone who runs a business from home, there were a few things that came up for me. Whether they're healthy or not, I'm not sure, but I wanted to share them with you. Firstly, there was that overwhelming expectation of all the things that I should be doing and, and be saying and creating and that I'm not doing and that I consistently fall short of. And then there was the other side of the coin. It was like, don't you put me in a box. I don't want to be this stay-at-home mum that only does, makes clothes and does this and does that. And I was like, I don't know if that's the right thing to think, but it's what came up for me. And so as I looked at this passage more, I realised there was something deeper in there. There was actually something that said quite the opposite to what I was feeling. It really edifies a woman. It speaks of her worth. She is worth far more than rubies. I think in the society that this was written in, having women having this much worth was really, really beautiful and really encouraging. Her children and her husband, they praise her. Women have value and purpose and are worthy. And I think it shows us that we can do good wherever God has us in life, whether that's in the home, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's in the family or whether that's in the community. It's not saying that we have to be all to everyone at all times, but encouraging us that in whatever season we're in, God can use us and that our focuses will shift and change over life. And all of us have something to learn in each of our stages from Proverbs 31. To the teenager who goes about their work or their schooling vigorously, to the single woman who opens her arms to the poor, to the disabled lady who trusts God and is clothed with strength and dignity to the university student who speaks wisely and helps others with her words, to the working mum or childless woman who considers a field, buys it, plants a vineyard and ensures that her trading is profitable, to the stay-at-home mum who provides for her family and cares for their needs, or to the grandmother who sews clothes for her children and her grandchildren, or to the older lady whose body is failing but who fears the Lord and can trust in him because she has such a deep trust in him. And she can laugh at the days to come. And even to the men, these traits aren't restricted only to women. You too can provide, bring out good in those around you, work hard, make good decisions, speak wisely, be generous to the needy, fear the Lord and trust in God. This is a call to all of us. But this passage shouldn't cause us guilt or frustration or overwhelm. It should be inspiring. Our perfection 
as much as I try to pretend, isn't found in my actions, isn't found in anything that I can do. It's found in God's grace, in Jesus' sacrifice. When we fail to reflect God in all the beautiful ways that this passage describes, as I know I do every single day, God's grace abounds. It reminds me that I need Jesus, and it strengthens me to have a reliance on him. This passage should remind us to not only accept who God made us to be, and it should cause us to remember that, that God has made us to be someone and he's put us in this particular season for a reason. And there's something in there for us. And that I can't do it all or be it all to everyone. I'm reminded to put on true humility, to strip away my ego and to stop finding worth in my doing. It's not about me. It's not about you. I can't be the perfect wife, perfect mother, perfect community warrior and love everyone at all times in every single moment. But what I can do is what God has called me to in this season and likely do it imperfectly. And in my moments of weakness, God reminds me that he is enough and that God is the hero of my story. And so instead of striving, I get to sit with him and be transformed by his love. After all, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? I could do all these things and be this perfect person, but if God's love and awe of him hasn't gripped my heart, what is it all for? To people, please to gain worldly acceptance, to feel okay about ourselves? No, living these ways showed stewardship of the resources and the time and the talents that God has given us to shine his love and make the world a better place. It's a heart posture, not our performance, that is the goal. So what has God called you to in this season? It might be big and lofty or mundane and everyday. Both are equally powerful and beautiful. If I could get the worship team to come up. And as I've read this passage more and more over the past few weeks, I've actually come to appreciate the everydayness of it. The fact that it talks about a normal mum doing normal mum things. She's not just saving the world or leading thousands of people to Christ, as obviously incredible that would be. It reminds me that there's purpose in the cooking, in the cleaning, in the loving, in the reading, in the messaging, my friends, in the everydayness of life, what God has called us to. God sees it, and he's a part of, of it's a part of the purpose that he's given us is the everydayness of life. And so for the mum who's in the trenches with young kids, it's a reminder that God sees you and he's using you in this season. To the single person or the married woman without children, it's a reminder that there is purpose in doing work. There is purpose in being generous, in drawing near to God, and that God sees you and he's using you in this season. To the older woman or the woman restricted in her capacity, it's a reminder that fearing the Lord is of the highest regard, and that even when you can't do what you wish, he sees you and he's using you in this season. And to the men and to all of us, it's a reminder that what's important is what's on the inside of cultivating a good heart, a strong heart, a heart that loves and serves others. And that's what we should look for in our friends and in our partners. And that we can work on cultivating a good heart in our own lives. So I encourage you this afternoon to open up Proverbs 31 and say, hey God, what do you have for me in here? What is in here for me in this season of my life? How can I cultivate generosity or wisdom? How can I be faithful and praiseworthy? How can I be vigorous and strong and noble? Ask God these things and ask him to show you what he has for you, whether that's encouragement, whether that's some spurring, whether that's wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the sacrifice you gave that brings us into... Um, a perfection that we could never find for ourselves, Lord. But thank you for the call that you have for us to love those around us, to be impactful in the places and the seasons that you have for us. Not to be everything to everyone at all times, but to 
to, to accept where we are right now, even if it's not our dream, and to be used by you in that situation, to speak wisely to those around us, to love generously, to do the everyday things, knowing that there is purpose in there, there is beauty in it, and that you see it. Father, help us to rely on you. Please use us, Father. Thank you for your love. Help us to build our lives on you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.